from Zamo Digital, welcome to the SaaS Marketing Superstars Podcast with your host, Aaron Sikowski. This is the show where we uncover proven growth strategies from CMOs and marketing leaders behind some of the fastest growing SaaS companies. Hey, superstars. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Aaron Zikowski, and today I'm chatting with Devin Bramhall. Devin is the CEO of Animals, a content marketing agency known for producing amazing content for B2B SaaS companies. She's also a master tor- storyteller and the co-host of the Animals Content Marketing Podcast. Hey, Devin, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. Sure. So excited to have you on the show. Um, so just to get started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, your company? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a career content marketer. I sort of fell into it uh, through the startup world in Boston several years ago and made my way here to Animals in 2018 and kind of uh, joined alongside my, my COO, Haley Bryant, around the same time. And we saw this like amazing company, um, you know, that was producing what we thought was the best content on the web and really wanted to be a part of it and help grow it. I think at the time there was like 18 people and we saw a lot of potential. Um, our founder is like one of the most talented content marketers I know. And uh, the folks on the team were also very talented and we just kind of wanted to, see, you know, take that and grow it even bigger. So, um, you know, we've been working on this company for, I guess, three years now. And uh, last year, Haley and I kind of stepped into our leadership roles and doubled the size of the company. And <laughs> here we are today helping uh, an increasing number of B2B SaaS companies um, grow their businesses with content. Uh-huh. So, so you kind of glossed over that as if it's kind of no big deal. We doubled the size of the company in, in a year, I think you just said. So can we talk about that for a second? You know, I understand Animals has been around for a while. I've actually, you guys have been on my radar, I think at least for a few years now, it sounds like before you were the CEO. Um, and I know you guys had great content, but you know, you've kind of established yourself as, you know, the B2B SaaS, you know, content marketing agency. A lot of people know about you. They think of you as one of the best. How did that happen in terms of that, that reputation? And then how did you leverage that to have such tremendous, tremendous growth within the company in such a short period of time? Sure. I credit our founder, Walter, for the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. He had a really strong, you know, he was formerly, actually started off as a lawyer, then was a software developer mm-hmm. um, and just had a really strong network in the SaaS community. He's always been really um, dedicated to helping other entrepreneurs. Um, so like he has a very loyal community around him because he's very loyal to them. Mm-hmm. He, um, I think part of his trained, like his lawyer background actually made him a really good um, writer. And so uh, he set the tone from the very beginning about what quality was. And I think, um, you know, what Haley and I w- were able to introduce is a way to scale that, right? He was good at doing it kind of like one-on-one, um, you know, and we were like, all right, how do we create a process um, to scale that? Yeah. And um, so, you know, uh, it's, it's something that you have to kind of revisit at, every, at multiple stages. I would say we started to master it when we got up to 50 and then going from 50 to 100, I think we broke a few things. So we're sort of in the process of rebuilding it again. But, um, you know, we've always really believed that process is the way that you can get to quality and that's how you build your name. And so like, you know, it started off with a person, Haley and I introduced process and that's how we've been able to not just um, maintain, but grow sort of respect and knowledge of our brand. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So, so I get, you know, process and systems in terms of making sure that your staff is all producing quality work. On, on the growth side, in terms of growing customers and, and such, is that, is that coming from the content you guys are doing yourselves in-house to, to, to grow your own brand? Or is it coming on the, on the back of, we're doing great work from our clients and therefore just word of mouth is just kind of growing it naturally or, or is, I would I assume say, a combination of both, but. Yeah, it's definitely a combination. And word of mouth is definitely our strongest um, source of new business. Um, I, you know, for the first three years, we didn't even have a blog. Um, yeah, it was all Walter's network. And, um, then when Jimmy Daly joined in 2018, he created the blog and ran sales. So we started to get more recognition through the blog. And, um, today, uh, with Ryan law, who took over for Jimmy last year at the helm, um, we've really developed a solid following, not just for um, new clients, but also folks who want to work here uh, mm-hmm. through the blog. Because, you know, we're not writing what everyone else is writing about content marketing. And so, so I think that's where um, that's helped us tremendously in attracting both business. And I was just on a call the other day with somebody who said, I love your blog. I've been following it forever. When I was learning to be a content marketer, I read your blog and now, you know, she's working at this big company, um, running content. So, um, I would say it's definitely both. I think in terms of volume, it's still word of mouth, but, um, our blog does a lot for us, both on the applicant and, uh, the business side. Yeah. I mean, it, it always amazes me what content marketing could do. I I'm, I'm a strong believer in it and I don't do enough of it for myself, my own agency, but you know, we have people come to us as an agency saying, you know, Hey, you know, we've read your content years ago. We've been following you just waiting for the right time to be able to work with you. And uh, whether it's, you want to call it brand awareness, thought leadership, whatever it is, you know, the, the power is tremendous. And, and sometimes there's a very, very long tail of the results that come. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely seen that, especially thinking about, you know, when Jimmy was first writing for the blog, I think he targeted, I think he wrote one post targeting a keyword, but everything else was just, you know, he would be on these sales calls and he would learn what the concerns were or the challenges were for the people wanted to work with us and then he would just write about it so like we didn't even have a search strategy for many years um and we were still able to attract attention from folks because the ideas were um unique they were specific um and they were helpful so it sounds so simple just write for what you know your audience wants to learn about but yet you know not so many people are actually doing that right No, and it's not that simple, especially now, right? Like distribution is a lot different than it used to be, especially for B2B SaaS. So, you know, it is, and there's so so much more saturation. So like those sort of viral hits are harder to achieve in certain areas. So it's like, you know, uh, like it it isn't that simple, surely. Um, But I think when you have a strong network around you and you're producing really rich content, I actually think that those two things together work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, our traffic numbers aren't that impressive, but like our reach kind of is, even though I can't fully quantify it. So um, I think, yeah, it, it, it isn't that simple, but- uh, yeah, so how, when, little- when you say that the, the reach is impressive with the traffic numbers are, how are, how, are you, how are you measuring impact of content in that way? You know, the easy way is, you know, look at your Google Analytics, see how much traffic you're getting to the website, you know, there's your number. It sounds like you're measuring that a little bit differently in terms of reach. I mean, it's very, it's very like <laughs> the, the same as, uh, you know, how we started off not even doing any marketing. It's sort of like, it's not like 
I'm not measuring things the way I would advise our clients to measure things, right? <laughs> it's, you know, it's a lot of it I can't quantify. It's like the number of people that started animals and say, you know, wow, like we were intimidated to work here. Or we feel like, you know, this is really special. Or like, I heard about you from a friend, uh-huh. you know, it's like reviewing applications, talking to new employees, hearing customers. It's like, it's not just them here. It's like, oh, someone else told me about you or like this thread on Y Combinator that like keep sending us business, right? Um, you just, I just see how far and like away from us it goes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can't. Yeah, it's not about numbers of visitors, it's about the impact. Yeah, yeah. All right, nice. Um, so I wanna kind of hear about general, you know, marketing strategy and all that. And you probably talk about that on almost every podcast you go to. Where, where I'd like to focus the conversation is a, a little bit in using content for conversions. Um, my company focuses on paid ads, primarily in B2B SaaS companies. And one of the things that's always been really interesting to me and exciting to me is when clients have great content that were able to send paid traffic, you know, you might call it distribution and what you do, but paid traffic rather than to a landing page or a homepage. In the cases we've been able to send it to a landing page, or sorry, to a blog post rather, or some other piece of content that can convert, that's always really exciting to me. We found situations where, you know, most companies can't do it well, but the ones that do, it's great because you're giving everybody what they want. Nobody wants to go be sold to something and and especially in social media, you know, Facebook ads and and things like that. They want to be educated. They want to be entertained. They want contact that that's just enriching their lives more than they want to go to a landing page, obviously. And, And from the platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, wherever it might be, they really want to be providing content. So it's really a win-win all around, but most people struggle to get that content that's actually going to move people from that piece of content through the funnel, be that a free trial sign-up or a demo request or anything. Do you have any thoughts on how to create that type of content? Yeah. So I have one example. I'll, I'll, I'll share my thoughts by way of an example. Yeah. When I was at Help Scout, which is a customer service software company, We were targeting um, customer service folks and, uh, you know, I was head of content. Someone else did the paid advertising and, you know, I had nothing to do with that, but I, um, you know, we were doing research and we decided to write this post on how, uh, it was something about how to convert to help scout or how to, how to, it was either like how to convince your boss to use this customer service software or how to convert to help scout. I forget. It was something like that. Very tactical, right? Very, mm-hmm. like a very specific situation. And we wrote the post and it got a decent amount of traffic. And we decided to, what was the first thing we did? The first thing we did was my paid ads guy was like, wow. Okay. Like, and then we shared it on social and it did pretty well. And so organically, so he's like, all right, I'm going to try boosting this. And then he tried sending traffic to that post. And uh, I think that was pretty successful because I forget what we had on that page, uh, like, you know, kind of a slide up related. And then he took that, turned it into a PDF, put it on the homepage. They were already sending traffic, obviously, to the homepage. Um, And it was in this little like slide up where you could just enter your email and get the PDF of this like checklist for like how to convert your help desk software, something like that. Um, So that to me was like a really good example of how content can kind of influence your paid strategy and vice versa, right? Like you can use those two together. Like I'm creating, the content team is creating stuff that the ad team can use in various ways, whether it's through like 
using that to drive traffic to that post and you put something on there that has some sort of conversion or, you know, you're using it as like, literally we just converted it to a PDF and put it in a, in a slide up on the homepage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that like, when you're thinking, like I was always, you know, when I started as like content and that was my lane. And then we had this other guy who's like paid ads. That's my lane. And like, I think when you try to blend those two together, you can conduct more kind of like fruitful experiments. Yeah. And that wasn't the last one we did, right? Like we would, you know, if he saw a, like something that my social person, a piece of content that my social person shared and it was doing well, right? Like that was sort of a signal to him and he would experiment with either the graphics that she used or some of the text. Um, and so I think that's a way, like I think content people can be easy to be like, oh, paid distribution, like rah, that's bad. Um, but I think if you kind of think creatively about both of them together, they can, you can be a lot more effective. Do you think about content differently when as, you know, kind of top of funnel versus, you know, middle or bottom of the funnel, or is it all just, Hey, we're going to try and create good content and see where it falls. I content to me is not purely any part of the funnel. Right. So like, I think earlier on, I would have said like earlier on in my career, I think it both was more top of funnel and I certainly believed as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I started out, I like content was more top of funnel and like product marketing was kind of like the category for um, more like lower parts of the bottom of the funnel, I guess. But like now, I mean, it's everything, right? So like, you know, when we think about content at animals, we're thinking about case studies white papers, um, you know, data reports, SEO content, thought leadership content really uh-huh. runs the gamut. Uh-huh. I mean, so I mean, in, in my mind, I guess I, w- I would differentiate, you know, some of what you just said, you know, the, the, the case studies and, and data reports and things like that, kind of technical, a little bit bottom of the funnel, pushing someone towards maybe a conversion, depending on the product versus the stuff that might be SEO oriented um, is usually, you know, top of funnel, a little bit broader, broader search relevancy and things like that. So how do you balance that between, you know, the, the higher search volume SEO optimized types of pieces versus these other things that might be a little bit more technical and, you know, shorter tail. Um, how do you guys deal with that? I would say, and maybe this is unpopular that like our general stance is that high volume keywords with kind of that broad reach are not that useful, mm-hmm. um, you know, anymore this is a broad strokes comment. It's not going to be true across the board, but like, you know, um, you know, in general, you know, if you're the shorter tail keywords are just, they're so like, there's so much volume there. They're so broad. You're not necessarily going to, you're, you're not necessarily going to get the person um, who you're actually looking for. So, um, you know, we tend to go for like longer tail, lower volume keywords mm-hmm. um, in general, uh, uh, because again, if, if you're, if you're bringing in, you know, I don't know, 500 or 5,000 visitors versus 20,000, but those 5,000 are like, you know, on a term that's like, yeah, I'm looking to convert my customer service software right now. Like that's more valuable than like the 50,000 you might get, you know, from customer service, for example. Right. hundred percent. Um, what are you doing it for? Or like it goes back to your KPIs, right? So it's like, okay, fine. Like if you're, you know, when I, I've, I've had KPIs that were top of like just traffic, mm-hmm. right? Unique visitors, bring in as many people as you can, right? Like we don't care who they are. Um, in which case I'm like, sure, fine. Go for the higher volume keywords. But it's like, 
I think a lot of companies are getting smarter about their KPIs and more specific, right. which means that, um, you know, that kind Identity of like, metrics. Yeah. 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 It, it's like with us, you know, people want to see, well, you know, what's our cost per click. I don't care what our cost per click is. I only care what our cost per acquisition is. Yep. Right? yep. Okay. Um, so distribution, I mean, especially considering, you know, the type of content it sounds like you guys produce and what we're talking about today. Um, it's about writing the right content and then getting in front of the right people. So do you, do you advise your, your clients and do you have a strategy in place that, that for distribution of content in terms of social paid, et cetera, how do you guys think about that stuff? We think about it the reverse. So when we're before, like we strongly advise people before you write, think about distribution, like write with distribution in mind, mm-hmm. because it is like, it's, <laughs> you could write a beautiful piece of art right and if you know and if you're not thinking about distributing via search you really have to think strongly about how anyone's going to see that piece of art or you just write like if you write it and publish it without thinking about distribution in mind you might as well write it in your journal Mm -hmm. so you know we start with the distribution channels and sometimes you may have an idea you know that fits really well as a linkedin post um or maybe you write the post and then you think, okay, I'm going to take this section of it and put it in the LinkedIn post and then link to it here. And then I'm going to do, take the, just the data from it and put it in a tweet storm. And, or I got this idea from a community that I'm a part of, and I really, I have strong feelings about it. I want to unpack it. Then I'm going to share it back in that thread and say, Hey, I love, like we were talking about this. I thought a lot about it. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we're really distribution first um, and then thinking about the content. So I think it's really cool what you said. So it, it, what, what I heard from that was, you know, you create the, the core piece of content, but then it's about repurposing that content and breaking it down into a whole bunch of pieces of smaller content that can then be shared across a bunch of different platforms and channels. Yeah. Or, or think about what it is you're trying to do, right? And yeah. in some cases, maybe that piece of content isn't actually a blog post that's unpacked into lots of different things. Maybe mm-hmm. it's actually just a LinkedIn post or just a tweet storm, right? Mm. It really, that links to other pieces of content, right? Like maybe your idea is, oh, I want to expound on this thing that's already, you know, that has to do with this, you know, ebook that already has a landing page and we want to drive traffic to. And so I'm going to do this whole thing that's just, you know what I mean? And embed that in that tweet storm, for example. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, so that's actually kind of cool to me. So, so I might've had a misconception in terms of the way you guys work. So I heard content agency, and I'm thinking, you know, you guys write the ebooks, you guys write, you know, the blog posts and the kind of longer form piece of content. Sounds like you guys are also very involved in, in the social posts and the LinkedIn's and, and all that kind of, you know, what else I'll call it smaller, more shareable little bite-sized pieces. So, yeah, we, I mean, we are fundamentally along, like you were correct. We are a long form content agency. I think uh-huh. that like the times are changing and, you know, we've increasingly seen that things like tweet storms. Um, can be really successful for certain folks with certain goals, you know, mm-hmm. we're trying to achieve different things. Thought leadership is a great example. Um, and so, you know, we're just adapting and trying to like, trying to help our customers who are increasingly facing a social landscape that doesn't look like it used to. I mean, when I started out, people used to love to follow B2B SaaS brands. Mm-hmm. Like it was, that was cool and sexy and they used to do cool stuff. And, you know, nowadays that's not so much the case. I think you know, you may see people following like Wendy's, um, for example, but like, you know, they're not following um, B2B SaaS as much anymore. And so I think they have to be more creative in their approach to distribution um, to get 
you know, the traffic from social and to make it worth the investment, right? And in a lot of cases, what we're seeing is that people at brands are more useful in distributing the brand's content. That was actually my next itself. question. Mm-hmm. So, so I was going to ask you about, you know, in my own business, you know, I used to focus on, you know, writing good blog posts and things like that. And in the past year or two, I've, I've, my sense has been, you know, the best impact is if I transition more towards shorter form, you know, LinkedIn posts and things like that. You know, I've seen, you know, a bunch of, you know, influencers within the space, you know, and, and leaders in, in, in our space posting a lot on LinkedIn and really building tremendous followings that way. And, and, and um, you know, we'll say thought leadership for lack of a better word. Is it, is it now that you're seeing that, that the, the, the people within the companies are the ones that you're writing for? So are you writing on behalf of the people or on behalf of the, the companies or, or, or both? Both. 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 I mean, again, it depends on what they, you know, what, uh-huh. what the objectives are and what they're coming to us for. But I think, you know, look, we live in a, in a different time where like it's harder for brands to demonstrate, demonstrate authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the kind of the influencer kind of phenomenon is bleeding into these other industries where people, again, people at brands can now become influencers yep. and they're able to engage on a human level because they are humans, not a brand. So people are more apt to trust them. And so, you know, one example is I have a friend who works at a very big tech company and she gets more engagement on her posts on LinkedIn than the brand does oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And they're increasingly using her to distribute that because she spends more time on LinkedIn, right? Building an audience, engaging with the audience, you know, going in and like commenting on other people's posts, like doing all that stuff that the, you know, a brand just kind of can't do. Yeah. And so it makes perfect sense that like she, you know, she's the one getting more results than the brand who's just like kind of just megaphoning it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, people want to do business with, with people and and it could be more personal. And, And I think there's also an element just from a technical side that, the, the algorithm on, on Facebook or LinkedIn or, or some of these platforms are not going to give the same reach to a company page as they will to an individual. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. That was a couple of years ago, right? They just sort of like, de- it, they were driving everyone to the paid platform. So it's like brands yeah. can get as much visibility. And now it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a math problem. Yeah, I mean, I think companies are meant to be pay to play now based on these platforms. You know, if you want to reach yeah. you pay Which for is it. really effective and it's not bad. Look, I mean, if I were like, I always used to say to people, I'm like, if I were interested in math and science, I would have gone into paid advertising. Cause it's a lot of like, it's very technical. It takes a kind of a lot of the creativity out of it, which is like yeah. why I never was very interested in it, but it's effective. Like sure. we hired a guy to experiment with some um, paid advertising for us for a new product that we created earlier this year. And so I got to really go through it with him and it's like, mm-hmm. look, it is like, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a math problem. Right. Yeah. And because of that, you can be more precise, you can be more efficient. Um, so, you know, I think that that's good. Uh, what it's doing, however, is making it very complicated for brands to build and engage with audiences. Because say you have a person at a brand, right? Mm-hmm. What if that person leaves, right? Like, what if, you, what if you invest money in building an audience for someone at your company who isn't a founder, that person, you're basically making them so valuable, they can take all that with them yeah. and go somewhere else and use it for another company. Sure. So it's actually, it's, it's quite complicated actually yeah. um, I mean, for companies to think about how they do that. Yeah, I mean, I think about somebody, you know, like Dave Gerhardt, who was, you know, at Drift for a long time and now moved to Privy. 
He's phenomenal on LinkedIn, love following us up. I think his personal brand really has grown both of those companies he's worked with. Um, and, and I think it's, it's a, you know, there's an investment, obviously, like you said, there's a trade-off, but when it comes to distribution, you know, the distribution, paid distribution can't happen on an, on an individual page. It can only happen on a company page. So it seems to me maybe, you know, the, the way those work together is the individual can share it, figure out which pieces of those content really took off and then, you know, copy paste onto the company page and then put some dollars behind it. But what I really love about distribution, and I think content and, and paid is really match made in heaven when you do it right, is you could test things so much faster that you can make sure that every piece gets the reach to get that critical mass or, or, or statistical relevancy of traffic to see, you know, did the content, you know, do what we wanted it to do or not quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. It's a partnership. Yeah. I think, I think that's definitely the way to be thinking about it. So last question I'll, I'll hit you with on, on these topics is um, for companies that are, that are kind of just starting out and wanting to invest in content, you know, how do you recommend they get started um, in terms of what types of content, what pieces of content are kind of like the, the pillar pieces that people should be looking for? Well, that's a big old, it depends. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but in general, I think that um, for new companies, content is something that's good to get started with early, knowing that it's not, you know, it's going to take some time to, um, to, to build and uh, start to become effective. So um, I would say, you know, start, I, I would say start as early as you can. I wouldn't worry so much about volume. I'd worry about precision of topics. Okay. So think, you know, think deeply about, or, or like, you know, whatever question, whatever user research you're doing for the product, like take those questions and challenges and convert those into content, like really kind of first principles problems. Um, because I think, you know, I, there's a lot of early blogs that I see that are a mix of like company updates and like release notes and then like a random thought leadership article from the founder that's like really deep in some area. And then like a how to, it's like really confused. It's like, if you just focus on your user really steadily, like don't, they don't nobody, nobody cares about that other stuff. Like hide that somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Focus on the question, the core, the first principle questions that you're um, that your users are facing or your audience, whoever, you know, whatever type of company you are um, and start there. I think that's really the most important thing. Certainly, obviously you should start with search because you want to start building up that profile right off the bat. But like, mm -hmm. that's what we did. We were just like, what are the challenges the companies that we're working with are having? Let's write about that. Uh -huh. And I think that's how you build that loyalty really early um, and keep it focused, right? Like you don't have to say everything. People don't care about most of the things you think they do. They care about themselves. Yeah. So help them. So, so I know I often fall into, into that maybe problem. Can you just describe what, when I'm, when I'm sitting down to write, I want to write the best piece of content on whatever given topic I think I need to be writing. And therefore I start thinking, you know, it's gotta be broad. It's gotta be long. It's gotta be, you know, the, the skyscraper model thinking about SEO. It sounds like you're saying, no, just like keep it short and sweet and focus on just solving like one problem at a time and then move on to the next piece. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, look, it depends. Again, it depends on what kind of team you've got. If it's just, you yeah. know, if you've got a small team and, you know, or no team, for example, 
Um, I think it's all about efficiency. So if you're lucky enough to have a content person on your team, my advice would be like, listen to them. That's just a good, that's a good place to start. Um, And hopefully, you know, and they may have, they may say, look, our core problem ties back to this one area. So we think a hub and spoke is the perfect place to start because that's, you know, like we need to write this one pillar piece and that's, you know, whatever. Um, But I think if you're like, you know, very broadly, if you're thinking about getting, it's like, just, it's not about like, find the very kernel question, right? It's more about like clearly defining the question than Mm -hmm. it is about writing tons of stuff. And I think if you can clearly define the question, the piece that you write will be more focused um, and more pristine. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like, that's how you're gonna stand out from all the people who are just writing the like complete guide to, you know, living your life with wonder. It's like, (laughs) Dig into like one of those things very yeah. deeply. And I think you're going to like, you're going to stand out a lot more. I like it. Great. This has been fantastic. Um, let's jump into a quick lightning round. A couple of quick questions, quick answers. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Ooh. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So first question, um, what book would you recommend to everybody? It could be a fiction book, business book. What are you reading? What have you read recently? Wow. Okay. Well, since it's sitting right next to me. This is the second time I've recommended this book this week. Uh, One of my colleagues, Ben, recommended it to me. Um, It's called Range. It's about how people who are generalists, it's actually really good for content people. Why generalists triumph in a specialized world. Um, I think it's really great for creatives and it just, you know, it kind of breaks you out of that. Like it's not about the 10,000 hours. It's Uh about doing lots of different stuff, connecting a lot of dots. um, And that is how sort of your path to creativity and mastery. Awesome. Um, who's your favorite marketer or business leader that you're paying attention to these days? Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, who is a marketer that I'm paying a lot of attention to? Sonia Jacob. She also has a really good podcast. Yep. Katie Martell. Those are two of them. Those are names I don't know. So I'm going to have to go look them up. Yeah. Yeah, they're both really good. Um, awesome. Those are two. I'm, I'm now. I'm like missing so many. So I like, but uh, I'm intentionally not choosing anyone at animals so that you know we can give love to the rest of the world. So yeah. those two stand out to me. Okay, fantastic. Um, is there an online website community that you're you're a part of now that really getting a lot of value? Superpath. That was started by Jimmy Daly. He was the one who started the animals blog. He started this amazing community. Of, Every time if we're, you know, we can't help a customer or, you know, I always send them that the, the, that is a community where like good content marketers are, right? There's plenty of content marketers out in the world, but like, that's a really strong community of content marketers, super supportive, uh, like super smart people, very well curated and run. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not just saying that cause I used to work with Jimmy and I adore him. Like it's actually, he's done an incredible job building that uh, community. Tell so, me the name of it again. And super path. All right, let me check it out. Your enthusiasm definitely shows how much you love it. So I love that. Um, And and last question, where can listeners go to learn more about you? Uh, Animals.co, that's where our blog is Mm -hmm. as well. I would say start there, live your best life. And it's animals with a Z, not an S at the end. With a Z, yes. Yes. (laughs) uh, It was not my favorite when I first got here and now I love love it, so. Yeah, it's way more fun than an S. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> all right, awesome. Uh, Devin, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing a ton of information with uh, the listeners. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you. The SaaS Marketing Superstars podcast is brought to you by Xamo Digital Marketing. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in and keep on growing your SaaS.